Hey, Claire. Hey, Blythe. Want to talk about sexy books? Yeah, I do. Awesome. <laughs> when you need a sexy escape from a world that's gone insane, erotic fiction with romantic diction, we've got some wrecks if you care to listen. We all have an inch to scratch between our mind and thighs. So Hey, Haley, want to talk about your sexy book today? Yeah, I do, Claire. Awesome. (laughs) So um, obviously we have a guest today. Um, But first of all, I can announce for the first time that my co-host Blythe is pregnant, which is very exciting. I'm so happy for her. Um, but she is going to be taking some time off. So I have some awesome guests planned. And the first one of them is my dream guest, my old friend. I mean, as far as internet friends go, you're like one of my oldest. Um, <laughs> and one of the biggest supporters of this podcast, actually, from the very beginning, we have Haley Piper who is a Bram Stoker award-nominated author of several horror books, including the one we're going to talk about today, which is Queen of Teeth, um, as well as the upcoming No Gods for Drowning, which really looks amazing. And her short stories can be found in numerous publications, such as Vestarian and The Year's Best Hardcore Horror. Um, We are so freaking happy to have you, Haley. Thank you. I am jazzed to be here. I'm so psyched. I love this show. Yeah, you've been honestly like one of, well, like the biggest supporter, I think, of this show from the beginning. And I just appreciate it so much because I feel like a lot of people don't understand what we're like actually trying to do (laughs) Um, by like talking about all these subjects so frankly. So yeah, I just really appreciate you being here. It's awesome. Honestly, when the whole thing started in early 2020 um this is this is one of those shows that was just like this is helping me like feel like i don't know at peace a little bit like i was just like i I was learning i felt like i'm learning things and i'm feeling good and i'm just like and like honestly just the uh the honesty and openness with which how you and and blythe take to these subjects and these books and just um, you know, earnest love for them is really just refreshing and just enlightening too, honestly, like on a spiritual level, as silly as that might sound to some people. No, I totally get it. And thank you. Um, and yeah, I mean, I really have to give Blythe like all the credit for making me as open of a person as I am, because I get most of it from her. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, So I just wanted to start by getting to know you a little bit for everybody in like a romance context. All right. So first of all, who is your biggest celebrity crush? Um, Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. That tracks with what I feel I know about you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She has been a longtime crush and she just has this like amazing energy and I just, completely yeah. agree she's like 
beautiful and formidable and amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty much ever since like like the Lord of the Rings, I think. For sure. I love her. <laughs> I love her. I've loved her for a long time. Um yeah. <laughs> so yes, totally get that. <laughs> um and then do you have a favorite romance novel? Um, I'm not sure. And it doesn't I, have I definitely... to be like, sorry, it doesn't have to be straight romance either. Yeah, I mean, I figured. <laughs> I mean, like, it doesn't have, not straight, but it doesn't oh, have to be oh. a, <laughs> it doesn't have to be only a romance genre novel. <laughs> Got it. It could be anything. <laughs> um, I mean, one of the ones that I picked up from listening to the show, which wasn't one you covered, but it was um, Once Ghosted, Twice Shy by Alyssa Cole. Oh, yeah. Um, I really enjoyed that one. I really um, enjoyed that one, too. We've definitely thought about doing a podcast about it before and just not gotten to it yet. Yeah, it's she's one where I'm just like, I need to like she was the one where I was just I read that. And it's like I need I need more. Mm-hmm. more of this <laughs> oh and she writes such i forget who the author is off the top of my head but oh, Alyssa cole thank you yes she writes like the most beautiful descriptions too mm-hmm. i really love that book um so then do you have a favorite romance trope like friends to lovers anything like that yeah um yeah, it's uh, enemies to lovers. Oh, nice. That's a really good one. I feel like that is one of the hardest ones to write and like the best oh, yeah. ones to pull off. It's, it's, I honestly, and even if it's like dysfunctional, I still like it because, and that was one of the things I learned from the Sexy Books podcast was like, it's okay because it's just a fantasy. Yes. It's allowed to just be for fun. It doesn't have to be like a handbook to how to have a proper relationship or a healthy relationship in real life. Man, I agree. And like this book, your book that we're going to talk about today is certainly not, um, it's certainly, if you're getting into it on the romance side, it's definitely fantasy based. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, well, that was one of the things that went into writing it was just like, it's okay. It's like I had to keep saying that to myself, but I was like, I remember what you learned from Claire and Blythe. It's okay. It does. It's okay because it's not real. Fantasies are normal and good for everybody. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and I do have some thoughts about your book. <laughs> um. So yeah, do you want to? Let's jump into your book. Totally. Um, I'm just going to read a quick description of it from Goodreads. Sure. So the book is Queen of Teeth. Within 48 hours, Yaya Betancourt will go from discovering teeth between her thighs to being hunted by one of the most powerful corporations in America. She assumes the vagina dentata is a side effect of a rare genetic condition caused by Alpha Beta Pharmaceutical decades ago when she and several thousand others were still in the womb. But when ABP corporate goons upend her life, she realizes her secondary teeth might be evidence of a new experiment for which she's the most advanced test tube. A situation worsened when Yaya's condition sprouts horns, tentacles, and a mind of its own. On the run and transforming, 
Yaya may either be ABP's greatest success or the deadliest failure science has ever created. Yeah, so that doesn't sound like a romance novel from the description, but I swear. <laughs> I went into it writing a romance. Like that was that was part of the point. Um, but as far as like kind of, you know, I'm known as a horror author. And so in selling the book, like w- the publisher understood, like I was not sure, like I was like, I was nervous. But then when we got into editing, the publisher was like, this is a romance. Like, I get it. Like, I see what you're doing through this whole thing. Like you're beat for beat. This is like romance stuff. It's just dressed up in horror. That's so awesome. Um, and I love yeah, that was, they got was, that. <laughs> I felt so much better. I was just like, oh, okay, so there's no, I'm not going to have to fight over every little thing. There's just like, and we did change a lot. There were a lot of developmental edits to kind of smooth out some of the pacing. But like, I didn't have to fight for any of that stuff. Like they completely understood and they were totally on board. So I had 100% support about like writing this as a romance. That's so um, cool. But for selling it, we kind of had to like play that down a little bit. So like, you know, it's mainly just the, the the sci-fi horror, body horror stuff that's mentioned on the back. And then people have, I've seen with reviews, people have gone in and just been like, I didn't realize this is a romance, but I'm I'm like 100% on board with that. Totally. I think it's awesome that some people will go in expecting just a total horror book and come out with what is really just a beautiful, beautiful romance and relationship. So yeah, I just love that. That's great. I'm so happy that your publisher and editor and everybody understood what you were trying to do. Yeah, it was it was a really lovely experience. Um, So I'm going to say that from here on out, we're going to dive into the plot and kind of just walk through everything. So it will be all spoilers. Um, And I do recommend reading this book first if you don't want to be spoiled on all of the, you know, sci-fi aspects of it. It's definitely more plot driven than a lot of other romances we read. So I will say I was pretty like lenient about spoiling things when like we were doing like doing the big promotion of this book it's been out for a few months now because I was just like you know I think you're still going to get an emotional journey even if you know everything that happens which I absolutely agree and I think that's one of the strengths of romance of the genre of romance genre overall is like can you say like I like people people bash romance and I'm just like can you say that if somebody knew how your book was going to end, that you would still be able to keep it suspenseful the whole way through? Because romance authors can. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I so agree. With romance especially, like, it is the journey, not the destination. Right. Because, like, the promise of it is, you know, the happily ever after. Um, And you know that that's probably going to, I mean, with, like, a typical romance novel you pretty much always know that that's coming so like is that a spoiler yeah. <laughs> no i that's that's and that's what i mean it's just like you know other genres can't promise like it's like can you are you such a good writer that you know that you could hold the audience with you even if they knew it was going to end how it's going to end it's like romance authors can do that they like like I've told other authors who like scoff at romance. I'm just like, if you want to learn how to do suspense and tension, like better than anybody else, read romance. And I think with horror romance, you get the freedom to kind of go 
hard in certain directions because there's still the promise that it's going to turn out okay in the end. Mm-hmm. You know, for some people, for the couple at least, not everybody, but you know, whatever. Yeah. They're not important. <laughs> it's a romance. The couple's what matters. Screw everybody else, honestly. Uh, yeah, those are all such good points. And I just couldn't agree more. I love romance. And I just think it's so like denigrated and writers could learn so much from it. <laughs> and, and and that's another thing. I'm just like horror, horror authors should definitely be banding up with the romance authors because mm-hmm. they're, they're the two genres that get like the most flack. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, yeah, let's let's stick together. They like, do. You know? And like, there's such a match made in heaven, too. Like, I know. <laughs> they just have so many things in common. You know, I just think that horror. I think they're the most emotional genre. Exactly. That's what I was trying to get. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my favorite thing with art is just emotion and feeling mm-hmm. everything. Oh, my God. So much. <sighs> All <Okay>. right. <laughs> Should we jump in? Yes. <laughs> okay. So. Basically, the book starts with the main character, Yaya, and she wakes up in the morning after a one-night stand, um, which she seems to have a lot of. She's not really a relationship Mm -hmm. person. Um, And, well, first of all, she realizes that she got her period in the middle of the night and she stained the person's sheets whose um, apartment she's at. And that was just the first part of this book where I was just like, this is clearly going to be a book for me. <laughs> I relate I, it to was, this woman immediately. <laughs> right. It was one of those things where I was just like, am I going to be able to get away with like her, like having her period in like the second paragraph? Yeah. Um, I love waking it. up in bloody. She, and, like, and I didn't want it to be like the period. The period was not the oh no part. The problem was she's in somebody else's bed. Mm hmm. So, but I'm just, I know there's a bunch of people who checked out at that point, but. <laughs> well, that's ridiculous. It, but it's a good way to, it's a good way to be like, if you can't handle this, you can't handle the rest of it. For real. If you can't handle periods, you're not going to get anywhere in this book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so yeah. So she, just to give kind of like a little bit of background that comes up in this part is that. We did find out that Yaya is one of these, um, sorry, is it chimeras or chimeras? Yeah, chimeras. chimeras. Um, so she has two sets of DNA in her body. One is taken from a twin that she basically absorbed in the womb. And she has like all of these, she has to get all of these checkups because her right. body, the DNA sequence is partially owned by the pharmaceutical company, which I found was fascinating because they created this problem. So they're kind of forced to clean it up, but in a very like crappy way. Right. And they also get the benefits of it because they do experiment with stuff Mm -hmm. on these people because they technically own them partly. Yes. Which is such a great commentary and just feels like horribly true to life the way that just like how horrible our health insurance is in this country and how I feel like they run our lives oh yeah I I, mean bodily autonomy is the big thing that this is this book and it's not like there's a message like I don't do that with my stuff there's not like a statement but it is kind of like a conversation of just like yeah you know question like do we have bodily autonomy honestly things have just gotten worse since this book came out as far as I know yeah. <laughs> no, no, you can keep going though if you want. 
Oh, I, I don't want to bring you things down, but just like certain laws being passed about, you know, what people can do with their bodies, yeah, uh, just, their, you know, reproductive organs or, you know, trans stuff. Just there have been just horrible, horrible laws. So, so many so recently attacking everyone except white men basically (laughs) yeah it's pretty disturbing um but yeah so this book is just like it it touches on so many things that feel like now almost to a scary degree because it's like not so different than this like dystopia that yaya lives in (laughs) yeah Um, but anyway, (laughs) (laughs) sorry. (laughs) No, no, no. Don't be sorry. That's what I love about it. Well, it's one of the things, (laughs) but, um, yeah. So she basically wakes up, has her period and she's like, well, shit, this has happened to me before and people haven't been cool about it in the past. So she's kind of like deciding what to do. And she she talks to the person who she had the one night stand with her name is doc and doc is like very understanding about it very cool which was great so anyway so sorry basically she goes she goes home i think and she realizes around this point that she has teeth in her vagina that's the main catalyst but um so she discovers these things in her vagina and she doesn't have an appointment with her usual abp people and they won't talk to her outside of her regular appointment which also just felt so true to life yeah i think once you're an adult for enough and you're having to deal with insurance and doctor bullshit uh enough your yourself you kind of just get this like i'm talking to a robot mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if that person that that robot is an actual human being it's still just this machine that is not interested in helping you it feels like God, that is exactly what it feels like. I've had so many different doctors because I moved across the country and I just have hated them all. (laughs) (laughs) But it really is terrible. It just doesn't feel like people have, you know, good care these days. Yeah. And it's, it was kind of like, I I didn't, I don't want to stick with that, which is why when Yaya goes to the fertility clinic in the second chapter, like, there is an offer to help her but even then it's kind of at like a you know there's a tit for tat yes I really liked that part I thought it was so interesting because first of all so she goes to a different gynecologist just a random person um and they won't let her in almost because she doesn't have insurance and you know she's a chimera and everything and that's weird (laughs) but (laughs) The doctor takes pity on her and she does let her come in. And I just thought that you did such an amazing job of like, even when you have a good gynecologist, it's so awkward and weird. It is. It really is. (laughs) It's never good. And like, (laughs) the best that they can do is be like professional, I guess. But I just felt like you really captured that discomfort where, like, this woman, Ruby Cower, is a good doctor, it seems. She asks all yeah. the right questions. She's pretty kind. But it's still it this... still sucks. <laughs> yes. Like, it's still this huge separation where you feel like this, like, lab rat. And I think Yaya especially, obviously. Oh, yeah. And, like, and you can kind of see, like, there's a limit. Like, she uses sarcasm to kind of get through things. But even 
like mm-hmm. even just by the second chapter, it's pretty clear. Like she has a limit to how much she can sarcasm her way through a situation before she just has to confront her own discomfort. And who wouldn't? I mean, uh, the things that just the way that they impose over her bodily autonomy is just horrifying. So she goes to see this doctor and the doctor basically confirms that she does seem to have some sort of like teeth in her vagina. And like a jawbone and muscle. Like she essentially yes. has a whole mouth down there. Yes. Which is not how that's supposed to be even when it does. Like because I looked I wanted to see what kind of stuff has actually happened. Because like I think most of us have heard of like vagina dentata as like a myth. Mm-hmm. But like I was like how much truth is there? And I was like yeah sometimes like a tumor or a cyst can grow calcium. But usually it's under tissue. It's not like a mouth. Right. Like there's not like a jaw that can like bite you and hear like like no this there's a there's a mouth there's a whole there's a whole damn mouth. <laughs> She's pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> I loved it. I mean, not to make this all about myself, but you know that I have talked in the past about having vulvodynia and vaginismus, yeah. which basically like clamps your vagina shut even when you don't want it to. Right. So I just feel some kinship with yaya through this yeah she doesn't Um, have control it's it's like the doctor even asked can you control it so it's not biting my fingers exactly and she's like no it's like it has a mind of its own i don't know what's going on (laughs) which turns out to be like even more like even more the case even more for sure oh my god (laughs) um so one of the things that I loved was she finds all of this information out. And then I think not too long after, she's just like, I need to feel like myself. I'm going out. And she yeah. like puts on her lavender suit, which I'd love to see. Um, and just like goes out to the bar to try to like, you know, I guess just hook get up. some of her mojo back. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, she just needs to, she just needs to feel good. And she almost, she almost calls Doc, but then she doesn't. Right. Yeah. She and Doc definitely have, like, they seem to have a kinship right from the beginning. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so she ends up not hooking up with anybody because I think she's afraid she's going to hurt them. Yeah, she was because she's not sure at this point whether it's related to ABP or if it's like uh, some genetic thing or if it's a tumor or if like a, an STD and she doesn't want to expose anybody to it. Right. It's very complicated because she never knows when something is like a genetic reaction because her genes are just strange or if she's getting... um SIBS, which is the right. disease that you talk about, where a lot of these chimeras sort of get ripped in half, basically, as yeah, they get cause, older. Because essentially, a chimera is somebody like through through the influence of the uh, double zero virus um, when they're in the womb, ends up like devouring their twin. Um, mm-hmm. But the the DNA isn't. Like so, so parts of them have one DNA, and other parts have a different DNA. And some some of them undergo a kind of cellular rejection, like a transplant patient does sometimes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's not not good. 
Um, (laughs) And it's never, and I've realized it's never answered in the book what it was really, whether it was something related to Sibs or whether it was like an injection she got at the last time she went to a checkup with ABP or some combination of the two. Which I kind of liked. I thought it was, I just liked leaving that open-ended. Um, <laughs> I mean, because we'll get there at the end, but she just becomes something very, very fascinating and interesting. <laughs> she ends up oversleeping the next morning, I think, and she decides to skip her a- her scheduled ABP checkup appointment. Yeah. Um, which is apparently a terrible, terrible idea because they show up <laughs> at her apartment to do her checkup. Right. In gas masks and hazmat suits. Yes. And they basically say that because she skipped her appointment, she's given up even more of her rights to her autonomy. And they're just going to like <sighs> basically do the exam in the bedroom with like other people standing around, which is just horrible. But it turns out that Doc is one of these uh, people who works for ABP, and she is there in the apartment. So she sort of takes pity on Yaya, um, even though she, she tries still, to. Yeah, she's still kind of cold. You can see, you know, she's very conflicted. Right, right. and that's the start of Doc's whole, you know, personal storyline is that she feels the responsibility to. Alpha Beta Pharmaceutical as like a longtime employee. Mm -hmm. But she also has sort of this, she has this very like traumatic backstory about some of the other things she's done for this company. Um, So yeah, she's very torn. She ends up agreeing to let Yaya have her examination in the bathroom, but um, with one of the other people. Right. She can't do it. So again, just like so dehumanizing. Yeah. So they go into the bathroom and I'll just jump right to the point, which is that her vagina creature has grown (laughs) (laughs) unknowingly um, and it doesn't want to be examined and it basically attacks this guy and she runs away. Yeah. It's the, that's the first uh, moment of the vagina tentacles. I, oh my God, I loved it. (laughs) The tentacles come out and, like, attack this guy, Aziz. And I was so mad at him anyway. I was like, fuck you, Aziz. <laughs> yeah, that was that was one of the tenser scenes because it's just... She's already undergone a pelvic exam just, like, you know, three chapters ago. And now it's just, like, this one... Like, the, the tone is different. Like, this is not, like, Dr. Cower, who is just very, like, you know doing her best professional a little right. cold but very professional right and like... whereas he, he aziz is very much just like acting like she's not a person and yet still isn't the worst person to do it there because greenwich is all like how can you do that like very dude bro or oh, like, i know or not dude bro but just very like ew vaginas yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah very mature <laughs> It's just a very tense scene, and it was very dope to see Aziz get, I don't know, he gets like a spine in the neck yeah, or something? Yeah, it's a little, one of one of the little tentacle teeth, like, gets barbed into his, his neck. I mean, he just gets essentially choked out. Like, it's not like, it's not like she kills him <laughs> or anything, but. Right. Um. So she runs away, and then she ends up at Doc's apartment, right? Yeah, because 
Doc, like Doc has a little scene where she's thinking about like the past trauma with the, the Kentucky incident and like mm-hmm. the last time she saw a Chimera essentially right, turn to like essentially a, a monster. Um, it's just like, oh, you know, kind of uncertain whether this is something like that. And then she drives home and Yaya comes at her because it's somewhere she knew to go, essentially. It really seems she has very few people in her life and, like, not really anybody that she can trust. Yeah, I mean, she's kind of left a lot of, like, she, it's kind of offhand mentioned in one of the early chapters. Like, she's left a lot of broken hearts behind and her family's mm-hmm. moved away from the air, from the Jersey, from the Newark, New Jersey area. So, yeah, she doesn't have a lot of options. Yeah, so she ends up with Doc again, and she's kind of holding Doc hostage, but it's, like, pretty friendly. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, up until Doc tries to inject her with, like, uh, morphine. um, Right, that But I thought that was, like, so the funny thing with that, like, okay, so Doc is coming at her with a needle, and then the tentacles come at Doc, and they kind of reach, like, this sort of equilibrium, and they both leave each other alone again, and, like... I think, like, on a romance level, this is very much the kind of, like, some of the, what would be essentially misunderstood in, in banter in some other romance is instead, like, you know, needles and tentacles yes. here. But, like, that's, it's, it's, it's very specifically to be that scene. That no, I totally scene. get what you mean. That, like, um, almost like a repartee back and forth, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. volleying of... Per, uh, I mean, because they are yeah. arguing too like they're arguing it's like oh you're supposed like doc is like you're supposed to do this stuff that's kind of how it is and yaya is just like you know fuck you pretty much <laughs> yeah <laughs> rightfully <laughs> oh yeah totally <laughs> yeah so one of my favorite things i think it's in this part that comes up is just that doc is like why did you come here like what is even your plan and she's like <laughs> Gaia says, you can't expect me to have my life figured out. I've never existed before. (laughs) And I just loved that. And that's something that like comes up again throughout the book. And it's something that um, the vagina monster who has name eventually Magenta. um, That's something that she ends up articulating as well, which I just really liked. (laughs) Yeah, she she's she likes to pick up what other people say and kind of like, you know, fold it into her yeah her her slowly building personality i love that (laughs) i just think that's neat (laughs) and that's how i feel all the time i'm like i've never existed before how can i know what the fuck i'm doing right now right (laughs) (laughs) it's only fair (laughs) um and one of the other things i really liked was just a line that said She'd read once that she had 9,000 nerves in her clitoris. If it had gained sentience, how upset would it be with her? (laughs) (laughs) I just loved that. Like, our clits are just amazing. And if it did become a creature of its own, I think it would be, like, an amazing, amazing creature. Yeah, I I think so, too. And which is why I think, like, honestly, these three are probably my favorite characters I've ever written. I love that because I love them so so much. <laughs> yeah, they they um Yaya is just she's such a disaster of a person and like that's just fun. It is um, so fun. Doc I relate to more than I'd like, honestly, cuz yeah. I also have had those problems where I'm just like struggling against struggling with like what 
I'm supposed to do with what I should do. Mm-hmm. Um, and Magenta is just, I mean, she's just so, she's just so purely like, I want what I want. Yes. It's, it's And like, honestly, I just admire that about her. Like, she's like, I'm hungry. I'm going to get peanut butter. I want sex. Like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm want, like, I'm going to go talk to the person I want to have sex with. Like, just, she's yeah, just very, she's just like, like, all id. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. I love them all. And I really love Yaya. I just love that she is such a mess. I'm so... <laughs> I think messy more... women are like my favorite characters. Exactly. Ever. <laughs> there need to be more messy women in fiction. There do. There really I do. I think there's just such a pro- there's such a push to be like, you know, find this perfect example of like having some flaws, but this is like what if you just write somebody that's pretty much like all flaws? Yes. Like, Cuz there... I think that's just <laughs> I agree. I just think there's such a push for like moralizing in our fiction and our art and everything mm-hmm. these days. And it's just like so nice and refreshing to see a woman who just feels more like me, who like is struggling <laughs> and like doesn't do the right thing. And, you oh, know, yeah. and that was a big thing is just like, I didn't want it to feel like they were supposed to be moral. And like, that's one of the things with, I think with the romance of this in this is just a little bit of selfishness like I think it's necessary in a world that demands so much of you I couldn't agree more and also just being allowed to just like wolf down an entire like 12 foot meatball marinara and not even remember it yes just eat it so fast (laughs) oh my god and I love that she's like notably tall Right? I mean, I think yeah. that this is mentioned multiple times in the yeah, movie no, that it she's is. quite tall, which I just like. I don't think that we talk about Amazonian women enough. <laughs> yeah. And like, and that's the, I wanted her to have a striking figure, even if she was like, cause she, and she also, like, she's, you know, she's not thin. She, she mentioned she's a little, like, she's got weight to her. Mm-hmm. Like, she mentioned she's got a belly. She's got, like, she's, got like her she talks about like her grandmother's chin which is very pronounced but she like she likes that about herself yes um like she likes all this stuff about her physicality and i because i want no matter how much of a disaster she was i wanted her to feel good about how she presented like and i wanted her to know when she goes into like the gay the gay bar that she's like i'm hot stuff um, yes. even if my life is a complete disaster i'm at least confident about it and that's why she has the lavender suit i wanted I wanted her to have a very strong presence in in people's minds. And she absolutely did. And like everybody at the bar knows her. Everybody knows like what her situ not like what her uh MO is kind of. It's <laughs> like you're breaking hearts all the time. And right, like, like like folky at the the bartender is just like, "Weren't you just in here? Did you just pick somebody <laughs> up?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just loved that combination of, like, very messy woman who still feels very good about herself and, like, knows that she's hot and, Honestly, yeah. a lot, pretty much every problem in this book could have been avoided if people just left her alone. I know. <laughs> oh, my and gosh. I, and I, and I, I just, and I know we're way off track with the plot, but, like, I just, that's no, something I just really like is this like because because it's a lot of the cases just like a lot of times women don't cause we don't cause a bunch of problems if you just leave us the hell alone yes 
And I just like, I want in a lot of my fiction for it to be that, that not leaving people alone, not leaving us alone has incredibly huge consequences. Um, yes. I mean, as, we can as just plays out in this book. <laughs> we could jump, we'll go back, but just to jump ahead really quickly, there is this man, Bryant Peters, mm-hmm. <laughs> who, oh, you just like hate he him hits, immediately. Right. He hits on her in the, in the fertility clinic. Which is so out of line. Like men, <laughs> please do not hit, hit on women when they're like going to the doctor or running errands or look busy, you know, <laughs> like there are appropriate times and places. You probably want to go to a bar if you're looking for a woman. Which which, you know, isn't even going to work in this case because it's like it's, you know, she goes there to meet other women. For sure. So, yes. But, and yeah. So and then, right. <laughs> the biggest thing is that he hits on her and then he sees her again later and he hits on her again, which is so infuriating. Yeah. Because <laughs> she already gave him a perfectly nice no. But he's like, we ran into each other twice. Must right, be- there must be a reason. Right. And it's and it, it it hopefully it feels like a line he's used before. It certainly does. He feels like all smarm. He he's very much like I knew so many guys like this in college. Mm. <laughs> and like I didn't Same. like him to be like vengeful against that, but it was just kind of like life informing upon you know that element, especially well, when he's just like you haven't seen Fight Club, you have to see Fight oh Club. God, yes. I love that. It's such a good detail. <laughs> I love that they actually watch Fight Club and she's just like, yeah, that was a movie. And he's like, well, you didn't understand it. He, and that's kind of like, it's two things. One, this expectation of like what you're supposed to feel about something just because someone liked it. Mm-hmm. Like, And the other is that kind of just evidence of how he, as much as he's like, it's fate. You don't they don't know each other because if he did know her, he'd know she doesn't watch movies. Like she doesn't, she doesn't really know movies. She just likes to watch cartoons. She likes to watch old Looney Tunes. And she's also not interested in men. No, right? she's not interested in men. <laughs> but she does go with him, but not for, not for the reasons he thinks and not, yeah. she doesn't even know why she goes with him. That's a magenta thing. She feels like just this strange pull to follow him. Right. Cause, cause magenta is like, hungry and that's that's, right and that's another thing it's just like honestly sometimes sometimes I'm just like looking down and I'm just like really like what's what's going on why are we I'm like just I'm not interested in whatever we're reacting to so why are you reacting oh my god I totally know what you mean (laughs) it's again just gets to have a voice in that that. it's like it's like right it's just like oh if 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 only the if only the clitoris could respond and tell me why why are we why, why is this what's happening going on? right <laughs> <laughs> it can be really disconcerting when like your body feels turned on or attracted to something that you don't mentally feel into right it can be very like, strange please, please stop this is now it's not the time <laughs> but you know vaginas have minds of their own sometimes <laughs> <laughs> literally <laughs> yeah so so yeah so this guy bryant hits on her twice and um it just is like so smarmy yeah the way that he he approaches things and yeah and one thing that i liked about that was like 
you know, I don't think that men should be, like, terrified of women, but (laughs) I think there are way too many men who think they're really charming when they're actually coming off as very creepy and uncomfortable. Right, or just being jerks. It's just, like, you don't, like, a lot of times it's, like, you don't know me well enough to be making the joke you think you're making. Right, or even to, like, presume to take up my time. Right. And, like, and that's one of those other things. Like, honestly, I was kind of just writing the conversation between them, like, when they're at his place, not really thinking about some of it. And then I was rereading it, and I was just, like, he keeps, like, correcting her, but, like, Mm -hmm. in a really asshole-ish way. Like, he's, like, actually, I was talking about this. Actually, I would like this. And, like, and not, like, saying it exactly that way, but just kind of this, like. Kind of condescending. Right. And just, like, because he talks, I forget what it is, um, but he mentions a subject and she responds and he is, like, well, I was, I I didn't actually care about that. I was using it as a segue to this other thing. And it's just, yeah. it's like, you are, and, like, I had to put down the book, like, I was doing edits at that point, point. I had to put, I had to stop for a second, just be like, you are such a dick. Oh, my God, I know. <laughs> and I know so, uh so many men like that who just, like, can't handle not being, like, the center of attention and, like, they want to be, like, constantly validated, you right. know? Like, there has to be this balance between confident and, and uh, humility. And, like, that's where it's just, like, with, with, with Yaya, you know, she's confident in herself. But there's never a point where she's just like, yeah, you should like me because I'm, I'm the best. Like, For there's sure. A, there's totally a difference between, you know... I think it's the difference between having confidence and needing to demonstrate it. Yes. Which a lot of, especially men, I think, get confused about. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, and, and like, I think that's something that is understandable the younger you are, but is something that really, like, is important to kind of get a better grasp on the older you get. It's just kind mm-hmm. of this understanding dif- of the difference between your inner world and your world that is interacting with other people i so agree and i'm thinking of like specific people that i know right now (laughs) i'm like you're getting old and you need to go to therapy (laughs) oh my god yes (laughs) uh yeah and that's another thing yaya honestly would have benefited from that and her mother even texts her it's like you know like having a therapist really helped me and it's just like that's nice I can't afford it I I work at it I work a cash register I'm lucky to even have an apartment in this city yeah which again is just so fucking true like everybody's like go to therapy go to therapy and so am I um but it's certainly not a possibility even for a lot of people right and that's one of those things too. It's just like between this and the book before it, um, the worm and his kings, where I just like I'm not really interested in writing about powerful people, um, or at least that they don't start that way. Obviously, Yaya kind of finds her power, especially like I think <laughs> the the I think the scene, the big scene with Bryant, is where she finds her power. But it's not like she ever gains like financial stability, right? Well, so yeah, you just said this scene with Brian is where she kind of gains her power. So she goes to his apartment. They watch Fight Club. He's very condescending about it because he thinks she doesn't understand it. But I would wager that Brian does not understand it himself. Yes. Um, (laughs) 
so so yeah so then she ends up killing him yeah because magenta (laughs) is hungry and that's what she's wanted this whole time he's also gets super threatening at that point though it's not like it's completely unprovoked Um, oh it's not unprovoked at all actually yeah he like there's like there's hints that he might be a serial killer it's never like confirmed in the book but well one thing that she says that i thought was very good was she said maybe he genuinely liked her but there was something wrong and his grin and beard couldn't hide it and i was like yeah. that is it like every woman knows the feeling of just like yep. feeling that a dude who's near you is just like off or his intentions are off and yeah. just like how you just know like in your bones you know yeah totally and you got to trust, then, you got to trust you. Like we have instincts for a reason. Like a friend at college told me that and it just kind of changed my complete, my whole outlook. I stopped like dismissing everything as anxiety or paranoia. And it was just mm-hmm. like, no, really sit with this and see like, what is going on here? We're so taught, honestly, to like ignore those feelings. Mm-hmm. But who's teaching us that? Like, who's that benefiting? It's not us. Yeah. Yeah. So then he come, he's like, the thing, the thing that for me set it off, I think maybe set Magenta off was when he said, but wasn't I nice? <laughs> As if, you know, he's nice to her. So of course she owes him everything. Right. Right. <laughs> but no, she kills him instead of sleeps with him <laughs> and, and like the important one of the important things in this scene and that reason yaya kind of lets it proceed is like magenta first lashes out because at this point yaya is like essentially yaya's vagina like her vulva has reached up to like way higher than it normally would be oh yeah that's part of it also is that it's like the cleft is climbing right higher right and, higher. and so um magenta's tentacles can get out more easily at that point um like through her open like uh jacket and under her tank top and the moment the blood comes back to yaya like her depression goes away yes Um, like she stops feeling she has stones on on her mind anymore and it's just like oh wow like i feel like i could fly right now (laughs) I love that part. And I love the description of depression as stones on your mind. Oh, thanks. I I, like lifting those stones. And that's like, I've, you know, I've had depression and I've come out of it and like, just, it does like having it off feels like that. Just like, just like, oh my God, I don't feel pressed down anymore. Like, I don't feel like I'm like a medieval witch being, being on trial or murdered or whatever. But, um, yeah, but, and, and so part of it kind of was also this idea is like, Hey, like if you knew, like if you were, you know, chronically depressed and you knew that like somebody like doing this, like doing what Yaya does would make your depression go away at least for a little bit, like, would you do it? Um, which is kind of the vampire side of it instead of hunger, it's like an antidepressant. It's like, yeah, blood as an antidepressant is kind of, can be kind of an, an intoxicating concept especially if it's the blood of men that don't deserve to live on this earth I'm anymore like an asshole <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad his blood isn't like tainted and gross or anything no I, I i don't and honestly i'm not sure it would matter uh i i i feel like there was a part with them where the with the chimeras where it's like they just don't get certain diseases yeah. but i don't remember where that's mentioned right 
Um, so, yes, so after she kills him, she ends up masturbating, right? Afterwards. Yeah, a little bit. She's, she's, sometimes, like, she's there for a couple well, days. Well, but right after, she says, like, um... Oh, yes, yes. She says... Yes. Okay, if I can read a part really quick. She says... Um, Yaya had always made her intimacy and pleasure someone else's responsibility. Her Friday night alternatives vibrator was more a distraction from glum evenings than a relationship between herself and her body. She couldn't remember the last time she truly indulged. Um, and then she says her body hadn't seemed to care in return. Now she had magenta changing her. No choice in that. Yaya would have bulked at that at once, but there was freedom in having no choice. No guilt, no crushing stones on her mind. Magenta was the gateway. Um, and I just really liked that part. <laughs> I liked that murdering that man um, gave her that to, like, lifted the stones from her mind and, like, gave her a new way to interact with and enjoy her body for the, like the first time kind of yeah it's it's this element of and i know this is like a part of like and this is part of like bdsm kind of thing although this is not a bdsm scene but just that <laughs> idea of like once you're freed from choice you don't have to feel guilty as much because it's not like hey magenta did this i can enjoy yaya can enjoy it without having to worry about it so much yes i totally relate to that um, yeah, sometimes having your choices taken away from you can be really, like, awesome and empowering in the right, bedroom. It's, it's, it's weird. <laughs> right. It's, it's this weird, it's, it feels, it sounds contradictory, but it's true. Like, there is an empowerment in not having a choice sometimes. And I mean, I think that, like, in terms of BDSM, that, like, there's always, um, there there should always be trust and like so right, you always absolutely. know that you're safe in those situations right but it's a, and it's okay to give that give those choices over to someone else so that you can indulge yeah um right it does it does require trust absolutely that i really loved that scene and just like i just related like i don't know like just in my 30s i feel like i've just come into my sexuality so much more and like appreciated yeah, and enjoyed it and my body so much more i feel like our 20s there's so much pressure on us to try to like experience a lifetime's worth of stuff even though that's completely unfair and not realistic um and i think in our 30s we kind of just um i don't know there's just like there's a little more ease there's a little less pressure and you find out that like hey this is actually more enjoyable oh my god i agree <laughs> i just feel like i was barely a person in my 20s like i don't think i knew anything about myself oh same absolutely 30s have been so much better <laughs> definitely um and this scene was important i think just because yaya because yaya hasn't gotten to indulge herself um, because the, like the whole thing with her, um, you know, kind of being very, she's very promiscuous earlier, which is great, except it doesn't make her happy. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and being in a relationship wasn't making her happy. Like nothing was making her happy because she was depressed. She was, she felt empty. Mm -hmm. Like she felt crushed all the time. And so it's just like, it's really hard 
it's really hard to enjoy yourself if you're feeling like that sometimes. And, um, you know, this is kind of just her being able to like exhale a little bit and just be in a bathtub and masturbate and drink the blood of men (laughs) and, you know, good for her. Feel that life force, baby. (laughs) Yeah, I really loved that. I just, it was like, it's such a, I mean, it's funny to say, but like such a beautiful moment of a woman just like coming into herself more. Uh, I love that though. <laughs> um, but just to circle back before. Yeah, we skipped something very big. Yes, one of my <laughs> favorite parts before all of that, she, when she's still at Doc's apartment, she and Doc begin to um, become more friendly yeah, because um, at first, because Magenta, like, middle of the night, Magenta kind of wakes up before she even has a name yet, and she's just like, I'm scared, and I'm hungry, and everything's happening at once, mm-hmm. and Yaya gets in the bathtub because her, her skin's burning hot, and then just tentacles just pour out, and, like, a big, like, stalk with a mouth on it, and she's no idea what's going on, and Doc essentially has to come in and calm down the the beast essentially yes it's awesome um yeah it's it's i i it's i don't know it's a really important scene to me like even more important than the scene that happens right after um just because it is doc visibly accepting because it's still it's it's yaya's point of view and she's watching doc who's been very cold since their one night stand be very like kind of enchanted by what's happening to Yaya Mm -hmm. and about this other consciousness that's coming out of out of her vagina essentially yeah it's very cool she and she certainly she definitely has a different perspective because she works for ABP and has seen a lot of things and she has like right yeah this respect almost for what's happening to her or like in like yeah just an interest in it almost a reverence she's she's Right, she's she's entranced by this. She's like, this is, this is a this is a beautiful thing that's happening. Even if it's you know, it's obviously it's complicated. And it's going to make nobody's life easier, but it is a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. And has one of my favorite lines, which is when um, <laughs> Doc is asking about. Uh, and I shouldn't be like my favorite line of the thing I wrote. Oh my god! Of but, course you should. <laughs> um, but she's asking essentially. She's asking like what the voice sounds like and if it's like is it like sheer and 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 uh yaya is just like i didn't ask my vagina its pronouns yeah um but then magenta does kind of like uh make it clear that she's not just these impulses she has opinions she's, she's like i'm like you there's a part that i really liked when they sort of start it starts to like become more sexual and um yaya says oh doc asks what it's like and yaya says like i feel every part of myself nerves everywhere muscles hard i can flex my entire body one big bicep every sensation is ten thousand kisses and being firebombed <laughs> like damn that sounds great <laughs> <laughs> this this sex scene was the hardest thing to write in this book but also the most rewarding i believe you because it was a very 
careful thing. And this is definitely where I, I like, it was like sexy books podcast. What have I learned? <laughs> um, because like I wanted the consent from everybody. Cause it's, it's a threesome scene. It's Yaga, mm-hmm. Doc and Magenta, like two women in a vagina monster having, having a sexual scene. And I want it to be, I want it to be consensual. I want it to be hot. I also wanted it to be beautiful. Um, Which it was. It, oh, thank you. It's it's a lot to do in just the, like three pages that are from Doc's point of view. And, um, you know, it's like it's a tentacle sex scene, but it's also these two women. It's, yeah. There's a lot going on. <laughs> it's so beautiful. I was going to read just a little part. If sure. you don't mind. No um, problem. It's the, it's the longest sex scene I've written. Like, I think it's like three pages. Yeah. So I only took a little part because I don't want to spoil all of it for anyone. But it's just so beautiful. I wanted to read Yeah, go for it. it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, last time, caution had rained. Now they grasped and plunged. The bedroom air sweltered with primordial heat. Yaya's fresh changes summoning extinct summers. In some places, her skin burned to the touch. Doc held on anyway. Her mind sank deeper, happier at every kiss, stroke, inch of pressure. The dark from beneath Yaya spread across Doc's lower legs, her thighs, her hips. Not holding, only exploring. Magenta's horns pressed at Doc between her legs, opening her to that muscled stalk. Teeth grazed in her thigh. Ooh, I just love that. <laughs> that is my kind of sex scene. <laughs> I, I I definitely have, like, I've gained a, a monster fucker fan base because of this book, and I'm just like, I'm here for you guys. I'm I'm writing short stories, trying to, trying to work at that. <laughs> Man, so. I cannot wait to read them. Yes, because I, I honestly, I'm not like terribly well versed in monster fucking, <laughs> but I'm certainly interested. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's just fun. And honestly, I've sat down and written stories where I'm just like, all right, what, I, what, what, what strange creature do I feel like having a character have sex with today? that's amazing i love it (laughs) it has to feel a certain way and i I was i know i said this before we started recording i'll just mention it here that i'm like i read nymph by francesca leblanc after it was um mentioned on the sexy books podcast and that has such a unique atmosphere there's like this strange sadness to it but it's also this beautiful sadness but it's also like a sadness that leads into sensuality and sexuality um I I don't quite know what the word for that is. Um but it's just it's very complex. I know what you like, mean. It's yeah. like this it's as, as if because the sex the sex is almost um it's it's almost a, a spiritual salvation mm-hmm. from from this morose or melancholy that is um kind of taking over these characters' lives. And that was like I want more like that because like I love I love when I mean just I love when something's a little sad um honestly that's something I like in romance too is if it's a little sad and then the romance is kind of lifting out of it because I I like a I like a good triumph I like a good like feeling like something big has been overcome or or somebody's been taken out of something terrible um so I've kind of taken to that with writing um 
these horror romance short stories where I'm just like, I wanted to feel a little sad and it hasn't always been like one of them. One of them is kind of more just like this desperate to save this other one's like mostly just sex from start to finish, honestly. Nice. You need those too. (laughs) Right, right, right. There needs to be some, some uh, variety, but overall I want, I'm trying to write, I'm trying to write these stories so that they have the feel they make me, they can make people feel the way these stories by Francesca LeBlanc make me feel because I really want that sense of this sadness that is lifted up by this romance and sex sexuality. Oh, I love that so much. I just think that's so beautiful. And that's something I do that too, like, and I'm just oh, more someone yeah. else write this stuff too. I like, I'm going to write it too, but like, like as a pact, like other, I need more people to write this kind of, this kind For of feeling. Real. It's so such, it's such a divine atmosphere. And I'm just like, I need to read this again. Cause I just, I need to feel the way that I honestly was the, I, I read it so slowly cause I was saving the stories for bad days because I was like, yeah. I, I can feel as bummed as these characters do and then feel nourished by the end. Even if it's not like, it's still a happy ending, even if the characters don't stay together. Like there's the one story about the the nurse and like yeah. I get, and I'm like, I know this is not right. I know this is inappropriate, but I don't care. It's hot <laughs> and it's sweet and it's special. Yes. Uh. Like with this, perhaps I'm just like, yeah, is 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 Yaya like having murdered somebody and now she's feeling good enough to masturbate the right thing? Maybe not, but who really cares about right or wrong? It's romance. It's fiction, whatever. It's all just about exploring those things. Which... Which then leads to the scene after the sex scene because I'm like I I felt I like in hindsight I'm just like why did I do this, <laughs> but like because and I think you know what I'm talking about just like I this, like I wanted to write this beautiful sex scene and the next scene is the thing with the bird, and oh yes 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 <laughs> um and I have a special I was I haven't talked about this on any other podcast because I was like I need one I need a place where I feel safe enough to discuss this and like this is the place so just for for people listening. What essentially happens is Yaya need or Magenta needs protein because she's growing inside inside Yaya. So she's been getting after peanut butter, and later she gets after Brian's blood, um, just anywhere she can get that. And so um, after Doc leaves, and like it's not clear to Yaya whether Doc is going to turn Yaya in or not, but she like feels something's weird between her legs, and she reaches in. <laughs> and is like essentially magenta spit spit out whatever you have, mm-hmm. um, and it she spits out like a bird skeleton. Yeah, and she's clearly her tentacles grabbed a bird off out the window in the night <laughs> and has been digesting Just it. Have a little snack. <laughs> yes, and so like this, all like this is something I'm just like people who have have responded like oh, this book was really sweet and beautiful, but it was also so gross, and I'm honestly. <laughs> I think a lot of people, I, I don't think it's gross. I think most of the book isn't gross. I think it's just sexual and there's a lot of blood and there's a lot of vagina stuff, but I don't think it's gross. I, I don't think it's disgusting at all, except for this part. <laughs> and the funny thing is, so um, just to get a little personal, I'm a trans woman and I had my bottom surgery between writing the f- writing the draft of this book that went to the publisher and then getting edits back and going through to edit. Oh, wow. And so I had, you know, different genitals when I was first writing the book. And then I had different genitals afterward. And so 
having when I was writing this and I didn't have I didn't have a vulva. I didn't have a a pretty shallow vagina, but still, I didn't have that stuff. So I just wrote the scene, and it was whatever. You know, I was just feel. I was feeling the scene. I always am feeling the scenes while I'm writing them, but I wasn't like repulsed. Mm -hmm. And then I went back to read it (laughs) through for. I um I I felt like I felt this physical twist in my gut and like clenching up between my legs and crossing my legs. And I was just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's disgusting. <laughs> Why the hell did I write that? That's And, I, of course, I had to leave it in. That's so funny. I love but it. But it was just, I was just, I got myself. I forgot about it. I forgot all about that scene until after I got, like, I spent, like, a month recovering from, from bottom surgery. And I come back to it. And it's just like, it was like. It was like my vulva just like shriveled up inside me. I can imagine that, that it would be like so much more visceral then. Oh, yeah, because I didn't know what it felt like until after. And then I was just like, oh, <laughs> God, why? So, yeah, so I just like I've been saving up that anecdote. Oh, my so, God, I love it. So this it. is the first time I'm telling anybody about that uh, in like in you know, quote unquote public. So I mean, I will say to go back to what you said, one thing that I loved about this book was like, and I agree, I don't think that like most of this book is gross. I think that, I think people really like underestimate how gross being a woman is, (laughs) to be totally honest. Honestly, I think that society has a lot of like reckoning it has to do with vaginas whether whether they're on cis women or non-binary people or or trans men yeah it's just like this whole thing where it's just like it's beautiful but it's a horror show too it's (laughs) right there's a lot like oh my god pregnancy yeah and i can't even get pregnant and i'm just no like this is like my pregnancy is body horror yes the things my friends have told me are just yeah Oh, same. terrifying. And I don't ever want to get pregnant, so it's really scary to me. Yeah, I'm I'm very I'm very grateful that I can't get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> My husband has a vasectomy, so hallelujah. Oh, good. <laughs> but <laughs> um but yeah, I just think that like it's the same thing as I think when like anti-choice groups will show like a picture of a fetus and be like oh my god it's horrible can you believe this is an abortion and I'm just like yes I can fully believe that's an abortion like I've seen my own period on bad days right. and it looks but pretty much hell like happens. that like the people behind it like they don't even think about that stuff no they don't want to think about that stuff. it's unmentionable as far as they're concerned and that's why it's just like you know yaya getting her period in the second paragraph of the book is so important yes because one it's not a big deal it's not a bad thing and if you can't handle this you definitely can't handle you know bird skeleton and tentacles and all the like crazy stuff that happens later in the book yeah. And but honestly, like I just want to reiterate that like it is so fantastical, but it is also so fucking relatable and like real even for non-chimeras. <laughs> right. No, no. And and that's honestly some of the stuff in the book is not like some of the stuff in the book is supposed to be like very feel true to life. There's other stuff that's not, such as the laws that are being passed, such sure. as like some of the weapons that the cops have later in the book when they're when they're coming after Yaya. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't 
I'm just like, I didn't know we had that in real life. I thought I was being kind of sci-fi about it, but... Oh, damn. Nope. Yeah, that was not a great discovery. Jeez. Well, (laughs) one (laughs) other thing I wanted to mention was just after they have this sex scene, Doc sort of has this, like, panicky feeling afterwards where Mm. she kind of wonders, like, what did I just do? Like, should I have done that? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, thank- I'm so glad you brought that up because I meant to bring it up and I completely forgot. Yeah, that's that's probably my favorite part in that scene because it's just one of those things where I, I just felt it was important because I feel like both for her character because of expectations, but also in general, I think there's just this element of like anytime somebody's into something different or they're involved with somebody who's like not considered, you know, quote unquote normal. Um, you know, when they're in a queer relationship, um, just this sense of like, oh shit, like I, there's this perfect, actually, now that I think about it, there's this little, there's this comic that I don't know if it's online anymore, but it's essentially this woman wakes up in the middle of the night because there's this demon climbing up from under her bed and it's essentially starts to, to, to seduce her. And she's kind of like, shouldn't I not be okay with this? <laughs> and I'm just like, and she's like, but I am. So what the hell? Yeah. Like, just go with it. And it's, <laughs> it's, just, it's so cute and so sexy. And they, they have, they sleep together and stuff. And then he, he goes back under the bed and it's just like, oh, if only. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm just like, that's so important. I think because I think, because I think it's so normal to have those, um, almost intrusive thought of like oh i'm not supposed to be liking this Mm -hmm. but then give you know forgive yourself yeah for that like like you know that's okay just because that's an impulsive thought doesn't mean you have to obey you if you if you like this thing you're doing with your like consenting partner whether they're you know a vagina monster (laughs) or another like human like you know i'm just yeah, it's as just, long as everyone is consenting and you're not hurting anybody, like it is fine. Whatever the weird shit you're doing, <laughs> right? We don't we don't kink shame. We don't sexuality shame. Like, yeah, and we don't vagina monster shame. <laughs> right, and too often sexuality is getting like lumped in as a kink, and it's just yeah into all that. Uh, but I'm just so frustrated with everything that's happening right God, now. God, I know. I, <sighs> you know, I agree. <laughs> yeah, you know, I know, I know. We're we're all on the same page here. It's just ugh. that's why I'm just all for people writing more crazy, mm-hmm. weird, off the beaten path stuff like this. Oh yeah, so I want I want this to be a I, like this is, sounds so selfish or self centered to me. I want Queen of Teeth to be a comp. Like I want yes. people to be like, oh yeah, my book is Queen of Teeth meets whatever. Because uh, um, I, I really want more vagina monsters. I want more horror romance. Like, like I, 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 or I wrote. You know, it's one of those things where it's like write what you want to read, and I very much did. And honestly, this is the only like you have to read your own book a million times before it gets mm-hmm. published. This is the only one. So you get sick of it. Like, even if you love <laughs> it, you get sick of it. This is the only one where I can open it. And maybe I shouldn't be saying this, but this is the one I open up and I can just, I can sit and read it. I honestly just, because I think the romance, the, the romance stuff of it is, is in that nature that I can just sit and enjoy the book, even though I wrote it. And I'm just like, 
I could try to do that again. I don't know if it's ever going to happen again, but I definitely would love to see more people write stuff like that. So I have more to read selfishly. Yes. Oh, I completely agree. I just, just, just want to, I just want to throw it. It's like here. Okay. Here's my book. All right. Write me something similar, but that I don't have to do it because this was very difficult to write. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't feel like doing it again, but I will. I will write more Haromance, but I'm just saying, like, right now, I would just, like, you know, where's my treat? <laughs> We're just putting out the eternal call for more horror mm-hmm. romance. Mm-hmm. I will say um, Claire Cray has some short stories called, I think they're called Spooky Slutty Stories or Ooh. Slutty Spooky Stories. That sounds um, good. And those, <laughs> there's two volumes, and they're really fun. Um, okay, I'll have to check that out. I think you would like some of those for sure. I'm going to write it There's down. some monsters and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, ghosts are good too. There might be ghosts. I can't even remember because like, there's a whole I, bunch. You know, it's honestly, it's honestly, it's such like beggars can't be choosers right now, right? I think. So like, I'm going to, I'm going to go for it and see how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Okay. So we're all, we're getting like towards like this too right like we're we're getting towards like the latter we're we're past the halfway point because we talked about after she kills brian um there's the part so a couple parts from this stretch that i like i mean i try to keep it sensual when she and doc are together um but just they kind of get split up a bit Mm -hmm. as it goes um but when she reunites with doc after brian's house and doc is getting uh, harassed by the guy outside the gas station who touches her mm-hmm. and then yaya comes out and she's just she's a different she's very you can tell she's gone through an experience and that she's not as depressed as she was because she's just like challenging the guy essentially and i know we're not supposed to do as much with the scenes where like one of the lovers kind of like quote-unquote rescues the other but sometimes it was just nice <laughs> i know especially if one is like a woman with a vagina monster in her yeah um you know when all the times that that happens um <laughs> but it's just like because the guy gets freaked out when he sees like essentially crocodile teeth um like going up yaya's cliff cleft and mm-hmm. he runs off and she's just like yeah like yeah you better get out of here or we'll bite your dick off <laughs> oh my god i loved it yeah because he's like hitting on doc and yaya just kind of comes out of nowhere and she like is ripping her lilac suit open i think yeah and there's just like tentacles coming it just sounds amazing yeah yeah, and then and doc is so kind of she knows she's supposed to turn her into the pharmaceutical company like like it's been we've had like at this point there's been a couple doc pov chapters of just like going through the facility and going through like they even go to bryant's house and like find what yaya has left behind Mm -hmm. and like she's supposed to she's even got the phone in her hand that she's supposed to like call them and she still gets so swept away and i just think that's hot yes (laughs) Like, I think it's so hot to, like, to know this is what you're supposed to do. This is what your responsibilities are. It's like, but I'm so, like, she's just like, but I'm so into this right now. I'm just and so, you're, like, like mesmerized by this. Right, like, because <laughs> Yaya's, he- sorry, Yaya's here and Magenta's here and, like, and, like, the sex was so good the other day. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, there's not a sex scene here, but there's, like, a post, 
post-sex scene and like even then Yaya's like asking Doc to do something like like hey I need somebody else to kill and Doc is like not about it but she also kind of is because like Magenta is making her feel good yeah Magenta's hungry (laughs) yeah Magenta's hungry Magenta's thirsty Oh, also just one totally random side note is that I just thought it was horribly hilarious that the pharmaceutical company does all of these tests on these chimeras and they never bother to ask about menstruation. Yep, that was that was <laughs> like I was when I got to that part and I was just like what would happen here and I'm just like they wouldn't they wouldn't freaking know. Like like yeah. she she asks Doc, Doc asks Greenwich is uh is like okay, so you've got you know how many you know that there's a couple like we have trans we can tell whether this trans man has you know has is not on testosterone and so the estrogen has affected something with teeth we've got these trans women who have it growing externally because they are on estrogen we can tell that one people who are not on estrogen are not having this and then all these cis women are having these like you know they've got all that stuff segmented out mm-hmm. And then she asks, okay, who was menstruating at the time? And he's like, uh, we don't have that. <laughs> and then she's like, we have this, 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 and this, and we don't have that. And he's like, uh, and then she's like, okay, we'll call them up and ask. And then like a freaking five-year-old, he's like, can you do it? Yeah. Oh my God. I love it. It's too real. <laughs> it drives me so insane. The like gap of research between men and women right? and how like women aren't even used as research subjects very often and blah 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 right um there's yeah. oh, all that stuff just isn't taken into account and they probably thought they were doing a really good job just being able to segment it's like look we, we were very trans inclusive about this yeah but then not even asking who's menstruating because you've got at least three groups within that that can menstruate Mm-hmm. And it seems like menstruation might have been the thing that triggered this for her because she right, like starts exactly. to get her period and then it disappears right away. Right. Which oh, I don't want to. I think I, I honestly I didn't think about this too much while I was writing it. Like it was kind of just like it was a quick period. But I'm just like, I wonder if Magenta was like absorbing that. <laughs> yeah absorbing that blood that makes sense honestly because honestly yeah it does not i I haven't thought about it until just this second but yeah i was just like oh my god she was probably was and that that probably contributed to like yaya sleeping so much yeah and like her quick growth right right exactly it's a growth spurt she's tired (laughs) oh my god see we're discovering new things even even as we just talk about it (laughs) god that would be awesome though if like a monster would just suck up my period every month oh my god (laughs) my wife and i have talked about so many ways like some like the most ridiculous fantastical stuff it's just like if only this would make her period like be okay or make make it not hurt or whatever else just like gosh (laughs) it's It's crazy we don't have that yet honestly i know why don't we have vagina monsters just make it go away i i would get one (laughs) (laughs) i would become friends with it (laughs) well i was that was the funny thing also because when i first thought of this like that was the wild part it was like what it like because i was like i i heard of stories where it was like there was a vagina monster was like but what if they were friends 
Like, what if, what, like, obviously it's a tumultuous relationship at first, but then they do find a camaraderie where they're just like, hey, we both want to survive, obviously, but we also both have feelings for Doc. Mm-hmm. So let's work together. I think that's beautiful because I have to work with my vagina and it's really difficult <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. There's some days where, like, and I don't even have, most of the things that go on with you but it's still just like some days just like you probably have your own things right. that happen. well I do because it's just like I mean not to get too much into certain things but like stuff I like mean feel free aches. <laughs> so things ache or things dry up and I'm just like why today like in particular <sighs> is there a reason or is it just for fun it's the worst. I mean, truly, I do feel like my vagina has a mind of its own and it's just yes, like constantly totally. trying to fuck me over. <laughs> and I try <sighs> to like love it and be kind to it because I think that's the best approach. Oh, totally. There's never sometimes. a day where there's never a day where I'm not just trying to pamper it in mm-hmm. some capacity, but that doesn't mean it's always going to work. They need but you got to keep trying because it's the only thing that does work. Yes. But they're finicky bitches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, oh, one scene that I just had to bring up that I loved was when she, um, Yaya goes back to that bar. This might be before oh, yeah. the scene we just talked about, but. No, it's it's after. We're almost okay. to like the two thirds point. Okay, um, so. Because she has a weird incident with Doc bringing somebody back, and then it's like something happens when it's two chimeras. When she tries yes. to feed off of another chimera, something weird happens and it hurts. And then that's what, like the shortest chapter in the book, but also the edit, my, my editor's favorite um, was just like, this is such a frantic chapter. It's, mm-hmm. so, it's so bestial. It's just like, I gotta eat, I gotta lust i got a everything i think i'm feeling everything at once yes i loved that too but yeah then she goes back to the bar yes so she can't get any nourishment from this chimera um it just doesn't work so she goes to the bar and she's like dancing with a girl and as she's dancing magenta is just like sticking out her tentacles kind of discreetly in like the strobe lights on the dance floor and like taking a little something from different people around her (laughs) you just kind of nicking them just enough to get a little bit of blood without like without them feeling anything worse than like a a bug bite right but it doesn't it doesn't work out but it's i just (laughs) i i honestly i just like that's one of those scenes in my head that is just like really like intense because you have like to me the the strobe light is like a magenta color mm-hmm. and like she's just in the center dancing with this woman as these tentacles are moving across like spreading like a web across the whole dance floor yes that's exactly how i pictured it and again <laughs> i was like this has to be a movie someday honestly like it's <laughs> There's there are things going on, but you know the thing with Hollywood is like you never know what's actually going to come of any talk. But there are sure. there are discussions, so I will. I'm say keeping that my fingers crossed. I'm going to try to manifest it just by talking about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that that scene would be like so cool in a movie. I oh, mean, yeah. it's amazing want... in the book, but it would be so cool too. No, I know, I know what you mean because I'm just like I so had like the scene from Fright Night in my head yes. while I was, like doing it because I'm like I just you got it like sometimes you just need a club scene that's like really hot and wrong totally <laughs> 
I agree. That was just one of my favorite parts. It just stuck out to me so much. And it was just such a cool, like, if it, like, a set piece, if it were a movie, you know? Yeah. Oh, she wasn't dancing. Like, she was, she started dance with the one woman. And then I think, what happens? Shit. I haven't looked at it in so long. Well, she uh, ends up, like, pricking one of, another chimera. Yeah, right? a non-binary person who's, who's a chimera. Um, and then that has the same reaction as the last one where it's just like, it hurts magenta and it hurts the other person. And, um, then everybody freaks out and runs because they see there's these tentacles everywhere. And they're like, when a kind, when two kind, when magenta touches a chimera, they sort of start to like meld together almost or something. Right. So it hurts to even separate. Yeah. I just thought that which, was cool. Which is forced. It's just like planting a little plot point for later. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was really neat. Um, and I really liked that that was a non-binary person that you just wrote into the scene without like any. It's just expected that you know. It's just normal. I like right. that. Well, and honestly, it's funny because a couple people said they really struggled with the the they them pronouns, and I'm just like, oh, you're not gonna like my next book. I don't uh, think it's hard at all, personally. <laughs> so, but some people, and, and my hope is that if it's in, like, my hope is those same people will pick up my next book, which is not a horror romance, but it does have a lot of sex and parts of it, but. Your mind is a terrible thing. The main character is non-binary. And so it's they, them pronouns through the whole damn book. Like it's in third third person. So like you you cannot get away from it. I can't wait to read that. Oh, thanks. I'm, but I'm, my hope is that maybe if somebody has a whole book to get used to that, then it'll be easier for them. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe they'll come to like really care about the character the character and it'll mean something to them too i hope so i mean that's how it that's how i try to write my books like empathy and emotion are like two of the big things beside like queerness and weirdness yeah like those are my like those are my like four pillars of my of my writing i love that and that's what i love about horror is just that i do think it has so much empathy and yeah. like understanding for everyone whether you're a person, whether you're human or a yeah. vagina monster or <laughs> Aya leaves because she's messed up and like, you know, pe- the authorities have been called and she sees there are cops like down the road. But then it's also Alpha Beta Pharmaceutical goons who are like have this giant laser tank essentially. Um, right. And that they've come to, to essentially hunt Yaya down and take her back to a lab, like dead or alive. And and she, she fights them. Um, and this, this to me is like the scariest part of the book. Because mm-hmm. um, she's like, you know, the cops are coming in from behind. The, the ABP guys are coming in from ahead. And like they've got these weird gadgets and stuff. And Magenta is essentially talking to her. It's like, you know, Yaya's telling her, like, I don't know how we get out of this. And Magenta's like, well, maybe we stop pretending. And Yaya's like, stop pretending what? And it's like, maybe we stop pretending to be human. Mm-hmm. Um, and she fights the good fight and she she loses. And unfortunately, like, you know, it's seems if Yaya dies. Yes. And so people horrible. were wild. It's, it is horrible. And Doc is very upset, but she's just like, what am I supposed to do? Like, this is the company. I have these responsibilities. And she's kind of just, she's depressed at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but then 
she finds that they're running this weird experiment with the remains where they've got all these other chimeras and they want to see like, hey, maybe like they're they're essentially thinking that whatever happened with Yaga and Magenta, they could use to make some kind of like regeneration like formula, like for healing or something, right. which they can then sell to people for ridiculous amounts of money. <laughs> um, and they're not sure how to get it to work. So then they kidnap a bunch of other chimeras and are essentially like, let's see what happens when the remains touch one of them. And it turns out Magenta has been rebuilding uh, Yaya and her brain inside. Mm-hmm. And once she molds with, she does melt into that chimera. They do fuse into one person. And essentially, like, it's essentially teaches Magenta, like, oh, she can build any anatomical stuff as long as she has the material. Mm-hmm. It's so she so ends up cool. absorbing, <laughs> Thank you. She ends up absorbing all of the chimeras um, in that they've kidnapped and becoming this huge monster. Which is and amazing. Then she, and then she realizes she can do this with anybody. Um, so then people become peanut butter. Yeah. Um, you know, like <laughs> she can just take them in whole. And she, she finds out about Doc's trauma from years ago, which was that this other chimera that turned into a monster that doc essentially went along with the company and killed and she like gained its trust before she right she gained its trust first and she feels terrible it was another it was a queer kid who turned into a monster and she gained his trust by being like hey i'm queer too and then and -hmm. she found out figured out how they could kill it kill this person and she 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 let the company do it and she she's been carrying that for like nine years mm-hmm. um and she's been that's part of what her struggle has been with yaga is that she doesn't want to do this again but she also feels like she has to and so she and yaya have a brief confrontation inside the uh alpha beta pharmaceutical like headquarters in in the city and um uh, like the heli- this helicopter is like yelling for like Yolanda Betancourt like surrender and Magenta's like she's not here anymore yeah I love um, that <laughs> and like this is part of like where I think some some readers I've seen have struggled with the book is that um they're like well I really got attached to Yaga and now it's Magenta and it's like I know that they're kind of one but they're not quite and my hope my hope with that as difficult as this is because Doc Doc got attached to Yaya, but she loved Magenta. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with Magenta being the one who comes back, Yaya's still in there. Like, Yaya's not dead. She's just dormant. She doesn't, like, and, and the thing with that, like, and not to, like, explain the book, but I'm going to, I guess. Um, no, no. Like, I mean, I think a lot of this is explained. So Yeah. So, so to, for me... Um, even though Yaya is a cisgender woman, this is about being, this is the, like some of the, the bodily autonomy stuff in here is about that, but it's also about trans, transgender stuff. For sure. Um, there's trans themes in here. And essentially what is happening here is like Yaya and Magenta coexisting on a thematic level is, you know, kind of this awkward period that happens with like puberty or with transitioning. Mm-hmm. Um, where you're still finding yourself. And essentially in the end, Yaya transitions into magenta. Like it's not like 
Right. You That's know, she, absolutely how I read it. And as yeah, like a so, good so, thing. Right. And so, but, and I, and, but the thing is when people have this problem with that because they got attached to Yaya, it's like, I would rather they have that experience with these fictional characters first mm-hmm. before, you know, the possibility of a time coming when a loved one of theirs, um, you know, comes out of the closet as trans and they may realize that, you know, they have a different experience with who they were versus who they become. Mm-hmm. Um, because in, not to like spill trans secrets on here, but we kind of tell people, oh, well, we're still the same person. We're just more of ourselves. And for some people, that's true. But for others of us, that's not the case. We're like, it's not just a dead name. It's a dead personality. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not the same. We're not the same person anymore. We forget things. Like I have so many black holes in my memory at this point Mm -hmm. from before um, because I've been living so much of myself truly now that that doesn't feel like the same person anymore. Yeah. Um, it feels like I was never, I never got to be a person back then. Um, and that's kind of where this is going. It's just like, there are people from my life before who really liked that person mm-hmm. and they don't so much like me. And that's, I, I understand that. I'm okay But it's with horribly that. hurtful. <laughs> it is, it is hurtful, but that's, and that's what I'm, what I mean with just like, I would rather someone feel that kind of dissonance with these Mm -hmm. fictional characters and hopefully having experienced that once when they experience it with someone that they love they can find themselves hopefully loving who that person becomes yes that was and that's not like the goal when i set out but like looking back on it i'm just like that's what i really hope i hope that people can understand that this is a transition yaya transitions into magenta and she is not depressed anymore and she is not owned by others anymore. Exactly. Um, by the end, she is essentially a palace and she has a throne. And she has like, she essentially is the, like, con- has conquered this whole city because yes. that's how powerful she is being herself. Mm. Yes. Oh, sorry. I just keep saying yes, but oh, I just no, you're totally. Fine. I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, okay, well, Claire's encouraging me, so keep going. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. And if you have anything to, any more to say, I just. Yes, I just couldn't agree more, and I just, that's exactly how I read it. Um, I'm so glad, because I know some some people were just like, I miss Yaya, and I think that they didn't understand, and that's okay. I don't, I don't, like, I don't want to put it, like, you have to get this way. Like, I think each person brings their own stuff to the table when they read a book, and it is their own unique experience. But just for those looking for some more perspective, as the person who wrote the book, you know, just like, yeah. you know, this, I'm you know, just like, I'm only one woman and there's going to be, a, there are a lot of people who've read the book. So they're each bringing their own experiences. For sure. But, and those matter. But just, just for some perspective, this is where I see it. This is where I went into it. This is what me looking back on it. Like it's only been out, it's not even been out for a year, but it's been a couple years since I wrote it. Um, well, and I think, I mean, I think if you aren't, getting that then you are missing something that is written into the book because I just think it's very (laughs) for sure which is fine too I just I think it's so clear that like 
Yahya is not a happy person at all. And through this transition, she just becomes so much more. And even if it's not, sorry, even if it's not quote unquote, like completely her, she has transformed into something so much more and like so yeah I mean you just said it so much more beautifully than I did but I just Uh, so agree (laughs) I just just, I'm just like you know some of us do leave a shell behind some of us do leave Mm -hmm. a dead person behind in becoming who we are um and that was that's the case for me I can't like write for all trans experiences No, but I think that's so important because I don't think that I've even heard anybody say that. Well, there's a lot we're not supposed to talk about at the secret meetings that, you know, that the (laughs) conservatives are so afraid of. Yes. (laughs) Um, No, but, but, but yeah, because some people, some people feel different ways about it, but I, I can only tell my perspective and I have to tell my perspective because, you Mm -hmm. know, sometimes these things don't get out there. And, you know, if I can tell it with like a vagina monster and tentacles and, you know, fighting like this laser tank and stuff, then that's a great way to tell it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, also just like the fact that she like takes over the city basically and becomes a palace yeah, that was one of my, like, I was proud of the phrase, like, a palace of flesh. Yes. And essentially, Doc finds a way to stop her. Like, Doc does figure it out. Like, she figures out the impossible, which is just, it's such a simple answer. But just, like, reintroduce the double zero virus that started this. And it was important to me at the end, when she comes to, like, essentially Magenta's palace, um... And it's just like, she's the only person in the whole city who could walk away because Magenta Mm -hmm, wouldn't hurt her. mm -hmm. Like at this point, Magenta has hurt everybody she was planning to hurt and not planning. Like everybody like is gone. Like Doc is the only person left in the whole city that hasn't been absorbed. Um, And yeah, and Magenta lets her in. And at one point she does show her like a yaya like kind yeah. of presentate like she makes the flesh form a yaya but doc doesn't want that she's like that's fine i'm not up for that anyway <laughs> um but essentially giving doc a choice like you could jab that with me me with that needle of the of the virus and make all this come apart or you can choose to be yourself and the thing with that is that doc is not you know Yaya and Magenta had been struggling with bodily autonomy through this whole thing. But Doc is also in that kind of situation where she is all like, it's not just Alpha Beta Pharmaceutical owning half the DNA of each chimera. They also seem to own half of Doc's soul. Mm-hmm. And this is the point where she needs to decide whether that's going to continue to be the case. And, mm-hmm. and Magenta even shows her like shattering the skyscraper where the uh, board of executives is. Mm-hmm. So they're all dead. It's like you have nobody commanding you anymore. <laughs> There's nobody to say, Doc, you know, roll over, Doc, heal, Doc, kill. Like, you know, it's just you right now. It's just you and me right now. So what do you want to do? And it's like it could have gone in a bad way, but it's a romance. Mm-hmm. So it's time for the happy ending. <laughs> and she drops the needle. She doesn't inject magenta with it. And she lets Magenta just peel her clothes off and take her in. And she doesn't get absorbed into the mass of them. She just gets to, like, have this existence of just 
constantly being embraced and loved and it's sensual and sexual and like that's so beautiful (laughs) and like all she has to do is essentially like teach magenta like just essentially her smarts is just like okay so they could bring xyz weapons at us just tell me how they work and i'll figure out some biological way to protect us and we'll just always be together like this they're gonna be the greatest power couple (laughs) (laughs) and so that's that's the happy ending it's like everybody in the city's dead except for the couple it's so wonderful oh my god i just let, like <laughs> it's so great I love and that's it. the love that's the beauty of horror with the romance this is like because that can be a like, happy ending <laughs> right and it's kind of like um and they're both they're morally gray characters but that's one of the awesome things with like um and i'll, I'll use like daredevil as an example like um, the the Netflix show mm-hmm. or formerly Netflix show I don't know where anything is anymore. Um, like uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's character can kind of like you know, villains get to be the most romantic because they don't let morals stop them from being the most romantic. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! And it's totally. Just, there's something really freaking cool with that. Like yes, obviously. Like and that's one of the safe things. Like we talked about, it's a fantasy. It's fiction. It's okay to be into that wrongness mm-hmm. because it's just, it's not real. It's not actually hurting anybody. So you can have that stuff where it's just like a villain doing something terrible because they're so in love with somebody. And, and it's just, just like, a safe will... place to like explore those kinds of feelings. Right. And... Where it's just like this, this unyielding passion. And it's just like, oh, we will be together no matter what, even if it means that like, everyone else has to die yeah we will be together it's so romantic (laughs) (laughs) no i love it and and here it was just this enemies to lovers thing just makes like this tug of war with with doc's morals Mm -hmm. it's like you're already not falling into societal morals because you're like you know and unless you count like you know money makes right the way this society is or do what actually is right and follow your heart and you know join with the monster you love and be happy yeah (laughs) i know it's just so often the choice that seems scary and wrong is actually the right choice for you (laughs) right (laughs) and people i just think in general need to start doing what's right for them more often when it comes to like sex and you know right feeling totally. shame about those well, things thing. like doc is gonna get to have like awesome sex pretty much all the time like, just eternally probably <laughs> oh yeah eternally right exactly so i'm just like hmm yeah let's not give that up would i rather <laughs> live and continue working for abp and having like weird genetic shit happen to me because weird stuff happens to doc too because right, of his job and or, like her proximity to these things Right. Um, or would I rather just live in like an eternal sex womb? I don't know. <laughs> no, that's a good way of putting it too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know what I would choose. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. And I think more sh- more people should be open to themselves choosing that and more people should be open to like saying yes to yourself. And, like, saying yeah, yes to pleasure. You- right. Just because, just because you killed that jerk doesn't mean you can't masturbate after you've earned it for sure and even if you didn't earn it you should still do it yeah (laughs) 
my gosh. I think that's all that I have to say about the plot of the book, but um I mean gosh, we've been talking a long time. I think that I know, we covered we really like di- I think we just dove into like every little thing. Like I mean there's there's a lot of other stuff in the book, but it's not really relevant to what we're talking about today. But. Yeah. But um <laughs> I mean I really think we covered everything. I yeah. think that Yeah. Just thank you. I'm really glad we got to do this because like this, this was fun to just get to, to really dive into because like on a lot of other podcasts, I have to kind of dance around certain things. Sure. Um, either for content reasons or spoiler reasons. So this was nice to just kind of like, you know, take the gloves off. Just, just go at it. Like, well, I you really know. appreciate it. I appreciate you taking the time and being willing to be open about all of this I'm- stuff. Yeah, I mean, this. I think this podcast is a safe space, honestly. Well, like, I definitely that's, that's, want it to be, so. That's I the hope. way I felt about it when I listened to it. Um, and I've definitely, like, told you when, like, after an epi- after I listen to an episode, I'll be like, Claire, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, I just, like, this. this podcast is special. Thank you so much. That means so much to me from you. <laughs> Truly. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to wrap it up. Um, yeah. <laughs> so thank you so, so much for coming. Um, thank you for having me, truly. And just everybody make sure to check out Haley Piper's stuff. She has just tons of short stories and books and just like it seems like you have a new thing coming out all the time it's, it's a lot I know it's it's, it's amazing it's fantastic I can't even keep track of it half the time I'm doing my best <laughs> it's awesome so if you're a Haley Piper fan there's definitely more to read and there will be more um and I think that everyone should just get on board with me with trying to turn this into a movie personally <laughs> <laughs> it's my one real dream I, well right I'm now. not gonna argue you like Make Claire's dream come true. Please. Make Queen of Teeth a movie. <laughs> A24. Like, come on. This has to be your shit. <laughs> You're not going to um, have a movie like Lamb come out and then be like, uh, tentacles, that's going too far. I mean, they already have um, The Lighthouse. That has a like, tentacle monster. That is true. They You're should right. do it. It's, it can be done. <laughs> um... But yeah, that's it. Um, So I'm just going to say thank you everyone for listening and go forth and masturbate. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect.